right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. This time, it's just me, Sally, and but I'm joined by two other co-hosts, my friends, Maureen and Caitlin, and they are not with me in the studio today, but we are all going to talk about being moms and the struggles that we're going through and some tips that maybe we have to share with each other and with our listeners. And if you're a dad out there, don't turn this off because this could be helpful as you parent your children with your wife. You could help your mom be a better mom. And we also are going to be having an episode with Zach and some dads in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. All right. First, Maureen, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Well, thank you for having me, Sally. And my name is Maureen. Some of you may recognize my voice if you've listened to one of the other vernacular podcasts, The Popped Cast. My husband, Josh, and I do that podcast. Really, Josh does it. Um, and I'm just there for <laughs> some extra color and random singing. Um, but that's another fun project that we've done. And we've also been on the vernacular podcast with you, Sally, and your husband, Zach. So we're really happy to be here. Um, we have a son who is two and a half, and um, we live outside of the Washington, D.C. area. Josh and I both work full-time, and our son Caleb has been in daycare of different kinds since he was 12 weeks old, and I had to go back to work. Actually, maybe he was 13 weeks because Josh took a week off. Um, So we've kind of figured out a way to do that that works for our family, and Caleb is really thriving, and I'm excited to talk about being a mom and all the different struggles I have. And hopefully you guys can give me some good advice. I know. That's what I'm really hoping too, because I don't know if I have any good advice. So I'm hoping that you guys do. <laughs> but Maureen, you sell yourself short. The podcast is definitely not as good when it's just Josh. So <laughs> I like listening <laughs> well, to you, you two together, but I also Josh feel that way. Hard work. <laughs> no, that's the way I feel about my podcast with Zach. I could not do it by myself. I'm glad you guys are here with me. Caitlin, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. I am Caitlin. I've been married to my husband, Will, for we just made 10 years. Um, and we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, with our uh, six and a half year old daughter, our four year old son, and our two year old daughter. And I just finished um, homeschooling our eldest for the first time for kindergarten. And uh, thanks to the charter school lottery gods and just a whole other bunch of stuff. We will be doing that again next year for first grade. Great. And I'm Sally, and we have three kids. Zach and I have been married for six years now, and we don't have any school-age kids yet, but we um, have a almost five-year-old daughter, a uh, almost three-year-old daughter, and an eight-month-old son. And um, I'm currently home with them, but so is Zach because he's not working yet. So. <laughs> um, but... I thought now we could just go around and talk about some of the struggles that we've been having. And I will, I have many struggles, but I've narrowed it down to three. And the first one is that we've been having a lot of trouble lately with our almost three-year-old daughter going to bed. Sort of nap time, but Mm. mostly bedtime. She used to be good about it. She shares a room with her older sister. And you would think that that would help because her older sister is great about going to bed. But our three-year-old, almost three-year-old, she hates it. She often will scream and protest, um, even when we lead up to it with a lot of books and bath time and spending time together as a family and prayers and listening to audio dramas and all that kind of stuff. She still will often scream and yell. And um, the second thing is just from both of them, having respectful and kind speech, both to each other and to their, their parents, to us. They um, often just have like a snarky attitude and I don't know where it comes from, 
um, they have just kind of, I don't know, there's just a rudeness to their speech that I don't appreciate, even when it's not that I'm telling them to do something. They just, they just say things in kind of like a snarky attitude. Um, and they have an attitude, I guess. <laughs> My sister, she said that one, her daughter was struggling with this, and she said it was, she was having a tood. So that's the way I feel like, at least, <laughs> especially our five-year-old daughter, she has a tood. And then the three-year-old just, like, follows suit. So whatever she hears from the four-and-a-half-year-old, she does. And then the third struggle is just getting them to obey without arguing or complaining or stalling or throwing a tantrum. And I feel like this has also increased recently. Um, I don't think that it's been a problem forever, but some, for some reason it seems like it's worse now where we change, kind of change um, directions in what we're doing. We're going to go somewhere that they don't want to go. We're going to stop playing. We're going to get ready for bed. It's usually when something is, is changing. And I try not to just kind of throw it on them abruptly, but to, you know, tell them the plan for the day and make sure that they know what's coming up. But even as much as I kind of prep them, it seems like they decide that they, if it's something they don't want to do, then they're going to argue or complain or stall or pretend that they didn't hear me or worse, throw a tantrum. So Sally, have you ever tried using a timer with the kids? No, I haven't. I love a timer. So this is like, I will say I'm going to be a like fierce advocate for the timer, but I will say it. we're starting to kind of like wean away from it because as Caleb's gotten older and smarter, he knows how to outsmart the timer. But in addition to doing what you've done to kind of help him transition, like we'll say like, after we do this, we're going to do this or like in five minutes or whatever. But what we used since he was about a year and a half was when the timer goes off, then we're going to change your diaper or then we're going to leave the playground and go home or whatever it may be. And now that he's a little bit older, the timer will go off and he says, when the timer goes off again. So the stalling is back and adorable, but in general, now we have to set two timers. Um, but the timer, I think, has worked really well because it's an outside thing that's telling him it's time rather than me and so I'll be like do you hear that you know like and even when like we're at the playground I will have my cell phone we will set a timer and I'm like what do you hear and he's like the timer I'm like well it must be time to go and again now that he's a toddler and a little bit of a toot of his own we have to set a second timer and if mommy's a pushover a third timer but in general it has helped like he doesn't really tantrum out of that it's kind of like he'll bargain a little bit but then he knows like okay it's time. This external thing did that. That's so, really good. That I like that. To try. I also like that you yeah. mentioned changing the diaper because our almost three-year-old who has no interest in potty training hates having mm-hmm. her diaper changed also and will run away from me, which is delightful, and basically avoid having her diaper changed as long as possible. So yeah. I like I like this idea. We also are nowhere close to potty training, nor am I even ready to start tackling that yet. But I, I don't know. I just find, I feel like sometimes his resistance to changing direction is similar to mine as an adult. And so I try to approach it with him as like a one, like letting him know what's coming to using the timer as an external feature, but also just kind of explaining to him. So like if I do get resistance, even with the timer or even with, you know, whatever, if he starts to be fussy, I'll just kind of say like, I know it's really frustrating to leave the playground. I don't really want to leave the playground either, but it's good to go home and, you know, daddy's making dinner or whatever it may be. Like, I know rationally that some of that is probably a little bit above him, but I feel like by explaining it, sometimes 
that seems to really make a difference to him. Even if he can't fully understand it, it's the fact that like I'm taking the time to explain or acknowledge the way he's feeling or why that may be frustrating and then kind of moving on from there. So that could be another tactic to try if you have the time to explain kind of the situation to the girls. Yeah, no, I like that. Caitlin, were you going to say something? Yeah, I'd back Marine up on that. No, I would agree. I think not that every situation allows for this kind of free time, but ideally I like the idea of acknowledging my kids' feelings, validating, oh man, it is so hard to say goodbye when we're at our friend's house and we love them so much. It'll be so great to see them Wednesday when we do this again or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, I have been doing the timer slash five minute warning slash 10 minute warning for a really long time. And it's been really helpful. Um, yeah, to have that external, Hey, not my fault guys. It's the timer's fault. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Take your anger out on the timer, but mommy's just following what the timer says. Um, the only other thing I would say, and I guess this just goes not so much for the kids, but as a word of encouragement to you, uh, a little mantra that I try to keep in my mind when dealing with temper tantrums. Um, I like to repeat to myself, I am a brick wall. I am a brick wall. I am at, you can throw all of the emotions at me. We can scream about it. We can cry. We can fuss. And, and I'm a brick wall. You cannot break me. I love that. Um, Yeah. So just letting know it's a safe place. Um, your anger, frustration, huge disappointment is not going to ruin mommy's day, but it's also not going to change what's happening. Um, so go ahead and rage, go ahead. And I mean, within reason, obviously you can't just scream in the target shopping cart for 20 minutes. Like we have to move on with our day, but, um, yeah, mom is a brick wall. I think also like with the tantrums, when they do happen, I, there have been times like (laughs) after the, Maybe I now I have the mantra of brick wall, so I can use that in the future. But there have been times where I've tried everything or like explaining isn't working, whatever isn't working, isn't working. And I have actually sat down. Now, this is like if we're in a private space, obviously not in the middle of a store. But if like if we're at home or if we're at a family member's house and we can go off to a private space and and he's having a tantrum, I've sat down with him and been like, let's cry. And I will like make the noises that he's making or like I will be like, let's clap our hands or let's stomp our feet. And like eventually he tires of it, which is very interesting. Like if you're not trying to restrict the emotions, but if you're just like, yeah, I'm going to do this with you. Like this is this is frustrating. You must be sad. Whatever it is. I, I, I think that that has been a tactic that really for me when all else has failed and I'm like, well, if you can't beat him, join him obviously again in a private space, but it lets, it's, it's almost like a, not like join him in the sense that you're making fun of it, but like in a, okay, if we're just going to be sad, then let's just be sad until the sadness is gone. And it usually helps him quiet down faster. I don't know. I will say it gets a little, I feel like my firstborn got a lot of that. Um, and I have tried to keep it up with my subsequent children. Um, And sometimes, though, you will get to a place where you're like, listen, we are all having a really fun time with Play-Doh or playing on the swings or whatever it is we're doing. I can see you're really, really upset. And I'm so sorry you're upset, but my answer is the same. Um, And if you need to cry and scream about it, I get it. But I'm going to have to ask that you go and do that 
over there in the chair or in your That's room good. for a minute or wherever, just because everybody else is having a really happy, fun time. And I don't want your screaming and crying to make everybody else feel like they have to scream and cry. Um, so eventually you may have to get to a point where you're like, I got to separate because big sister is setting off little sister. And now I've got two on my hand. Um, <laughs> and probably chances are that's when the baby's going to start crying too. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I um, often have to ask someone to have their tantrum elsewhere because I'm going to cry. I'm not very good at the brick wall thing. So I think that's a good mantra for me to adopt because I think often I, it just affects my emotions too much and makes me want to implode or explode. So I need to separate myself from the child. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Maureen, why don't you share some of your struggles that you are having with your son? Sure. Um, So similar, I guess, to your bedtime woes. I feel like bedtime is an area where my son knows that we mean business. And so he he will challenge us. But at the end of the day, he knows we're going to win or that bedtime is bedtime. But one area where he has established that Josh and I are complete pushovers is food. Um, And he doesn't eat super terribly, but he prefers sweet to savory. So like fruit, he loves any kind of fruit. Yogurt, he loves like granola bar, anything that is like sweet. But when it comes to eating meat or like vegetables other than like sweet potatoes and carrots, it's really, really hard. Um, And as he's getting more verbal, it's becoming harder. Um, So I, I don't have a lot of solutions. I've been doing a lot of research, and he's actually about to start at a new preschool-type daycare where he'll have some more adventurous foods there, and I'm hoping the positive peer influence of his classmates eating you know, savory things will maybe help him, but I would love any advice from you guys on what to do with picky eaters and if there is a way to draw a hard line where you're, you're not completely starving your child. I don't know. I, I don't – I, I want to – I'm so conscious of like, I want to instill healthy eating habits. Like I don't want him to feel bad or shame or anything like that around food. But I also know he can't eat fruit for the rest of his life. So (laughs) there's got to be a happy balance. Oh, I feel that. Uh, My second would prefer dairy and fruit for everything. Absolutely everything. Um, And it's hard because we're so aware of issues with food, right? I mean, and I... I think about diet culture and I think about all of that. So I don't want to create that at home. On the other hand, um, I, this might be my husband's number one goal for, okay, maybe number two goal for our children, but he's like, we just cannot raise picky eaters, Caitlin. We can't. I'm like, okay, we're trying. (laughs) So, um, in our house, we have the no thank you bite rule which means that you have to like, we can't just put something down in front of you and just be like, Oh, I hate it. Like, no, you don't, you don't know. You haven't tried it. I tried it before. Now I made it a little different this time. Um, so before we can all out reject something, there has to be a no thank you bite. I will say we can't yet implement this with our two-year-old because we're just not quite there yet reasoning wise, Mm. but the four-year-old totally gets it. And the six and a half-year-old totally gets it. Um, And will they do it? Like they will, they will try it and. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. But this is after like, we've been doing this for a while Um, and they'll, and they'll say like, Oh, I don't want this or I want something else. But I guess that's our other 
hard and fast rule is that dinner is dinner. And I try to keep preferences in mind as I'm making dinner, but, um, and I will often, you know, deconstruct whatever it is my husband and I are having if texture or the combination of flavors and textures is going to be too much. Um, I might break down the meal a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I feel like breakfast, we're pretty, Oh, like we make what you want. And, and lunch is normally a pretty simple choice of like sandwich or, um, quesadilla or something again that's really easy for them to take down snacks tend to be fruit carrots whatever but come dinner time (laughs) mama's done um i am done doing the uh the catering and so uh we listen we've we have done the oh you don't really want anything you only eat those two i'm really sorry I, i guess you'll be extra hungry for breakfast in the morning which may make me sound terrible and guys i'm at peace with that No, I think that that's the place we need to get to. So I really appreciate your candid advice about it. And I love the no thank you bite because we that's the phrase we use when he doesn't want something. So I think that he may be at the place where he's just about able to understand that. Um, So we'll have to try it and report back. The other encouraging thing, which I did not come up with for sure. I had a friend tell me this um, because really my all of my advice is find lots of mom friends um, because they tell you wonderful things. But one of my friends shared with me this thing she read. She said, our responsibility as parents is to put healthy, yummy options in front of the kid. And their responsibility is how much and what they choose to eat. So that to me took a lot of pressure off my shoulders. My job is just to provide you with a healthy variety of food choices. And ultimately, whether you gag on every piece of chicken or decide that actually you like it, it's kind of up to you. And I will just keep trying. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a good perspective. And we, we've done kind of something similar. I remember our neighbors a couple moves ago, they said that they would require the number of bites taken of something that a kid didn't like to be equal to their age. So like if you're two, you have to have two bites of this before you can say that you don't like it. Or if you're three, you have to have three bites, you know, so on and so forth. So we've tried to um, implement that. And Zach is definitely a good counterbalance to me when we're having dinner because he reminds me that if the kid just refuses to eat whatever they're eating, they're not actually going to starve (laughs) and they will be okay until breakfast. And um, he also helps me remember it's okay if they don't. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth between the giving them more than they need um, in a, in a serving and letting them leave some behind or giving them a small amount and then requiring them to finish all of that. I don't really know what, I guess I'm not sure where I land on that, but we've kind of tried both. Um, I also remember, um, I think it was a few months ago, we were just, I felt like we were having a really hard time with pickiness at dinner and it was very discouraging to me. And I remember listening to a podcast and the mom was just encouraging listeners to kind of balance the um, since it was, it was, it was a very difficult time for us. And so, and I was, I wanted to just make one meal and require everyone to just eat the one meal. But as Caitlin said, um, sometimes it works to just like kind of deconstruct the dinner. And sometimes for a toddler that can be, make things a little bit more edible. Um, or at least they can see like the chicken apart from the veggies instead of all of it together. And so I, I kind of had to just let myself, um, have lower expectations. And sometimes that meant doing a completely different meal for the kids if things were really bad. Or usually it just meant doing a version of what we were eating um, for the kids. And I do think things have improved, but I still kind of fall back on those 
those uh, techniques sometimes. Sure. And sometimes we do an on theme dinner. Like last night Mm. we had taco salad, but I was like, Hey, instead of you guys having a full fledged taco salad, here's the black beans on the side, here's the corn on the side. And you get a quesadilla that goes along with the. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So they feel like they're still participating mostly in what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes I I found too, that sometimes the pickiness is like confusion about how to eat something or, you know, like they're having trouble eating a taco or something like that. And so, yeah, making it like, here's the beans and here's a cheese quesadilla. It's all the same ingredients, but it's just like packaged differently (laughs) helps. Um, at least obviously the goal is for you to all eat the same things, but sometimes there's like partial solutions that I've fallen back on in, in hard times. (laughs) And eventually he'll eat eventually. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you. That's good advice. I will try this and maybe Sally, I'll let you know. And then on a future podcast, you can, (laughs) you can update as to whether any of it worked. Yes, definitely. All right, Caitlin, you're up. Okay, guys. Well, (laughs) in keeping with, um, talking about boys, we are currently in a stage of, um, figuring out how to parent our sweet four-year-old who is so different from his older sister. Um, and the child has humbled us in many, many ways, uh, starting with sleep when he was very little, but he is in the full on, um, aggressive affection stage, I'd like to call it just the, Oh, I love you so much. I want to bite you. And it's not because I want to <laughs> do you harm. I just can't handle my love. And it wells up in headbutts and tackling. And so, um, also in attention span sometimes I feel like, and, and for a minute there, my husband and I were really like, I mean, is he ADD? Do we need to see somebody about this? And a couple of our friends who have boys, older boys, they're like, guys, this is, this is a four-year-old boy. You're, you're okay. So anyway, um, I can already sense older sisters frustration at times with, um, how brother gets corralled versus how, how we respond to her. And the truth is they're two just very different children. So, um, you know, keeping in mind things like, sibling rivalry and also just being fair, um, and wanting to work with the kid that he is not the kid that his sister is trying to figure out that balance, um, of how to get through to him. I appreciate all comments. I think that is so fun. So obviously my son is, you know, two years behind yours, but I think it's so funny that you said that comment about like his affection kind of wells up. So we've had a similar, issue in that Caleb gives like kisses to all of his friends like he just wants to hug and kiss people but then that can be like running over and hugging someone who's also a toddler and not expecting it and then that kid falls down and like Caleb doesn't understand like why you know so similar but different problem but I I don't have any great advice for you especially because I'm behind you in the curve of you know raising a boy. But I would say that the only thing that we're trying to do is to talk to him about it as much as we can in terms of that's so great that you want to give, you know, your friend a kiss. Maybe you need to ask them first. And if they say no, thank you, then how about a high five? Like we've been trying to focus on like safe and body neutral ways of showing affection. So like the high five for us has been something that we've been trying to encourage both if he doesn't want to give, you know, like another family member or someone a hug or a kiss, 
that's totally okay. You give a high five. You never have to do something you don't feel comfortable with. And then on the flip side of that, somebody else may not want to hug or a kiss, just like you don't sometimes. Like, So you can ask them if they want a high five. It's not – he's still kind of developmentally learning, I think, to get there about this asking thing. But that's at least the approach we've been trying to take is – when you feel a certain something like you want to give a hug or a kiss or a headbutt, maybe asking first. <laughs> and maybe that might be a way for him to identify what he's feeling. I, I don't know. Again, I'm behind the curve on this with you, but I have seen it already in my two-year-old. So I think that's really interesting how it's coming out now in your four-year-old. Right. Well, and I feel this extra burden raising a son, um, I feel at a very early age, I want him to know that no means no, um, and that he has to respect other people's physical boundaries. Right. And so, and at the same time, don't want to penalize the boyish, just exuberance that just seems to well up inside him. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. I, I feel that we have been working on the whole, like, hey, if your sister screams, that probably means she didn't want you to tackle her. Like, did you hear that? Yes. What did you think that meant? Did that mean she was happy about that or upset? Upset. Okay. What do you think you need to do? Don't oh, do it. Like, yes. So trying to, trying to work through the Aww. processing, but oh, guys, say a prayer. Say a prayer. Yeah, definitely. I, um, we have our first run through with a boy with our youngest now. And so I don't have any boy specific experience or advice, but I know that our, our almost three-year-old girl is very boisterous and exuberant and more so loud, I guess, than physical, but sometimes she is also physical. And I guess one thing that I've just been trying, not necessarily, obviously I've just told you all the troubles that we're also having, is just like rehearsing the scenarios and repeating rules and expectations. And Caitlin, you might've even given me this advice because it didn't come from me, Um, but just like (laughs) kind of preparing for whatever the environment is, whatever the circumstance, whether that's being quiet in church or um, going to some sort of play group or, you know, whatever the situation is, just like rehearsing it and, and helping them to, to, I guess, at least be somewhat prepared for what the expectations are in any given situation. Um, So that's what I've been, what we've been kind of trying with our almost three-year-old who has so much energy and is very hard to control. And usually it's very well intentioned, um, like your son and you don't want to crush that spirit, but you also want to help them realize, you know, the, the time and the place and the appropriate circumstances to show X, Y, or Z physical or verbal, um, whatever they're trying to express. Yeah. I, one, that sounds like fantastic advice, Sally, and I will totally claim it. Um, and, and you're right. I think, I think talking through, I, I have noticed with my son and I don't know that it's so much a boy versus girl thing, or maybe just a personality thing. Um, firstborn is very cerebral, very, I mean, she's just taking everything in constantly. So I felt like we were able to do a lot of like coaching and explaining. And, and these days I feel like if some of my instructions are longer than mm, four to five word sentences, Mm. I've lost him. Um, so I've been, I've been working on keeping it really simple, Sam potty, then pull up. 
And then I'll hear him saying to himself, potty, then pull up, potty, then pull up, potty, then pull up. You know, but if I'm like, hey, buddy, okay, we need to stop now. I need you to go to the bathroom. After you do that, go get a pull up on. Like, I have lost him at stop. And then he wanders off and starts something else. Yes. No, this happens so, to my four um, and a half year old. She'll say, I don't, I, I, w- I don't know what you said. If, I'll, if yeah. I give her like a long list of things or I say too many words. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree. And she's older and she is a girl, but it's the same thing. She'll just wander off and I'll, she'll come back and be like, I don't know what you told me to do. <laughs> right. If I'm on top of my mom game, because I should know this by now, I will say, okay, if, repeat what mommy just said. What, what are your instructions? And if, and that's sometimes my tell for whether or not I spoke succinctly and clearly. Mm-hmm. And I actually had him a lot of times I'll say, Hey, I need your listening ears to sort of, to try to prep him for instructions are following pay attention. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it doesn't always work. All right. Well, I wish that we could continue this on because I feel like it's cathartic and helpful at the same time, but let's translate or let's move on to what I would like to call my mom would you rather round and it's kind of a lightning round because you have to just respond with your gut but it's it's supposed to be fun too and maybe um you have to in a very short period of time just kind of pull on your mom instincts whatever your mom instinct is for this particular scenario so I'm going to go through a list of these and we'll go let's see Maureen can answer first and then Caitlin and then me so all right you guys ready Ready. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Would you rather clean up poop or clean up vomit? Poop, 100%. Oh, any day poop. Poop, me too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Would you rather get up multiple times a night, but know that you're going to have a long nap time to rest or just recover? Or would you rather sleep through the night and have your kids, unfortunately, skip or protest their naps? Oh, sleep through the night. I need seven to eight hours or I'm a zombie. Oh, okay. Are all of my children napping? Like, do I get a break from everybody? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) I might might have to go with the uninterrupted middle of the day break, Yeah, which my younger self would not have believed. But yeah, I think that's my answer. I agree. I think knowing that even if I had a bad night, I can have some sort of break in the middle of the day. It gets me through. I just want to jump in real quick because I know that you guys both are currently home with your children, which is a whole nother kind of full-time working. Um, But I think that my answer is also probably skewed because because I work out of the home in an office away from Caleb, I like can't get enough time with him. So if he like skipped a nap, if he like skipped... Now, he still takes a two-hour nap every day, so on the weekends, it's very nice. But if he skipped it one day, I would much rather like have that time playing with him. So I think that may have skewed my answer a little bit. No, that totally makes sense. Okay, similar, would you have rather have good sleepers or good eaters? I still say sleepers, although maybe that's just because that's what I have. <laughs> oh, sleepers. Yeah, I've, I've had good sleepers and bad sleepers, and I will say sleepers. Yeah, I think I have to say sleeping, too. <laughs> Okay. Would you rather have a house cleaner or a cook? Uh, I'd like both, but if I could only have one, I'd say house cleaner. Oh, see, I feel like, I feel like my husband would want me to say house cleaner, (laughs) but I am going to have to say cook because I can maybe meal prep for two days. And then after that, I don't know, there's, there's eggs. Like what what do you, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm a terrible house cleaner, so I think I have to say house cleaner. (laughs) But most days I'd like both. 
Um, would you rather have an au pair or a nanny for the first two hours of your day or the last two hours of your day? First two hours. I think I'm more productive in the morning, so I'd make the most of that time. Uh, I think I'd have to go with last two hours or preferably like the post-nap, pre-dinner crankies where you just want to go like, oh, go be entertained while I try to figure out dinner that I obviously didn't plan beforehand. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, hands down for me the last two hours. By the time dinner is ready, I'm just done for the day and the day is not over. Um, Would you rather read the same book to a kid 20 times or play the same pretend made up game that they are, you know, divining the rules for 20 times? I'd say read a book. Same. Same, hands down. Would you rather go about your day with clothes smelling like spit up, though technically you've showered, or would you rather not shower but have clean clothes? Ooh. Um, I think I would rather shower and be clean and have the spit up clothes. At least I know I'm clean. (laughs) Yeah, I think shower. I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't know if I would smell it anymore. (laughs) Be like, what's that odor? I don't know. It's, It's fine. It's fine. I showered. Maybe it's my deodorant you're smelling. Yeah, so definitely me, the showering. This comes from a personal experience where I spent the whole day wondering who smelled like vomit or spit up, thinking it was all my children, and then finding out at the end of the day, it was me. Oh, good. (laughs) Would you rather solo parent for 48 hours or go on a week-long family road trip? Week-long family road trip. That sounds fun. Oh, see, oof. Um, In another year, I think I would want to road do the road trip. I think right now I might go with 48 hours solo. I know. That's the way I feel too. <laughs> right? Just, oh, we're, we're getting to a place, but we're not quite there yet where the two-year-old can happily be in the car for an extended period of time. Right. So right now that, that sounds like a whole lot of screaming and crying and crushed goldfish. Right. And all the, just everything on the go and skip naps. I would just rather, yeah, I could solo parent for 48 hours. I didn't say solo parent for a week, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Two more. Would you rather feed the kids or bathe the kids? Assuming you didn't have to do the, uh, the other one. Again, I, I when I come home from work, I do both. I mean, like we both do both. But I think that's because we're not doing it all day. But I would say bath time because bath time is really fun. And we only have one. So it's just like joyful bubble splash time. Yeah, I think I would say bath time too. Exception would probably be... My eldest, who still does not like having her hair washed. <laughs> so the younger two where it's just fun. Uh, yes, bath time. Yeah, I say bath time if I don't have to clean up after dinner. All right. And then last question. Would you rather go on a date before dinner time, but be back by bedtime? Or would you rather feed the kids before your date and then be back after they're in bed? So we have our parents nearby and we do the like we're home by bedtime or we're home like just after bedtime a lot because our parents basically want to spend time with our son. And then when he goes to sleep, they're like, why are we sitting in your house? So we do the early date night a lot and it works really well. Oh, Maureen, I'm so jealous. Um, We do the after bedtime, usually late date. Um, We don't have any family nearby, but we have some wonderful friends, including neighborhood friends who we will swap with. Um, And so we will have the kids ready. We can put them down or, or my friend can put them down and then um, they can just hang out and enjoy our quiet house while we're out on a date. 
That's nice. Yeah. I think swapping with friends, that would be the way to go because I really don't have any interest in babysitting other people's children. Um, but I do like the before bedtime date because then I feel like even though there's still that, like you have to put them in bed kind of thing, the pre part, as I said before, is what I don't care for. And it's, you kind of feel like you have two dates because then the kids go to bed and you still have the evening. So that's my perspective. But Maureen and Caitlin, this has been really fun and really helpful. And I feel like we need to do this again, but we should definitely report back about our experiences implementing this advice. And I really appreciate you guys staying up so late to be on this podcast with me. Well, thank you for having me, Sally. This was really fun and um, loved getting to meet you, Caitlin. And um, I think it's been really interesting for me hearing your perspectives as moms of multiples and also moms who are spending more time caring for your kids by yourselves, which brings up many new challenges. I really appreciate your advice, and I will definitely be reporting back on the eating thing. Um, But I just wanted to say really quickly before we signed off that I am starting a new project that um, is a website with resources for working moms who are looking to kind of organize their lives and make more time for what they want to prioritize, whether that's spending more time with their kids or maybe finding a little alone time or maybe having more time for, you know, focusing on work or whatever it may be. Um, But it's a very new project, but I'd love if there's anybody listening, working moms or not working moms who want to check it out. It's workingmomsavvy.com. And I welcome all feedback. I'd love to make it a resource that really serves other moms out there. This is awesome. We will definitely put a link to this in the show notes. Maureen, I think that's genius. And I can't wait to check it out. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this, Sally. This was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, ladies. Oh,